Christmas always goes too fast It's up to us to make it last And all I want for Christmas is love <laughs> Come in and get to know me better, man <laughs> I hope everyone is doing great out there I am happy to have you back here with me today for a very special episode of Yours, Mine, and the Truth, the podcast where I, Travis Voloshin, have a friend on and we look at a text from my youth or our youths and we reevaluate their merit and how they stand up and all these sorts of things and, you know, share our thoughts about that and, you know, whatever else happens to be on our mind and wherever our conversation takes us really trying to shorten that to fit on like a t-shirt but i'm not quite there uh, i hope everyone's having a great time i hope everyone's in the festive spirit for this christmas in july episode which happens every year but only once a year and that's and that's what makes it special before we get into the festivities today and the very festive festivities I have a few uh, things I want to take care of. First of all, I want to mention my other show, which uh, just uh, wrapped up our first season, or the first season of the show we're talking about. Uh, the show I'm talking about is Gideon Guys. The show we talk about on this podcast is a show called DC's Legends of Tomorrow, which we finally did. As I said, just got through season one, episode 16. I think it finished with a bang i'm excited for where we're heading we are also taking a kind of two-week break like like i did with this show but we will back we will be back soon so but during that time i think you should go and try to binge uh get through uh, all 16 uh you can follow us those guys uh, on twitter at guys gideon uh also uh with the guy I do that with, Johnny Hedgepeth, uh, I recorded a recent Mystery Titans theater. Uh, but this is a, a new era, a new version, where we've added a guest, uh, where uh, uh, Kelly T. Nelson has stepped down. But we have added, uh, we're going to have special guests every episode. And this one was one to remember because I, I got to speak with, again, an old friend, uh, James Hamilton, a guy who knows a lot about uh uh, wrestling's uh, so that's on YouTube as well. So that's uh, uh, seriously, I recommend that too. Mystery Titans Theater Volume Two. It's the first of three shows we are doing from Philadelphia. So look for that. But that brings us back to this, the the reason, the reason for the season, uh, Christmas in July, and we are returning to the genre of film and looking at uh, two that, well. <laughs> I'm hesitant to call them uh, Christmas films because some people get upset about one if you do that. And uh, our guest on here gets into that uh, whole phenomenon. Um, but they are movies that, that air around the Christmas season, let's say that. One of them is the uh, uh, 1988 action thriller Die Hard. And the other one is the old classic from sometime in the 80s. I still haven't looked it up, even after I've recorded this. I'm just, like, kind of kicking myself here. I don't know if it's the late 70s or early 80s. Uh, a Christmas Story. Um, as you can tell, that's not one that I really had any kind of uh, uh, affection for. But, but my guest, who we're going to have on, a comedian, a very, very funny guy, Kevin Banner, did have uh, that you know affection that a lot of people did. And I, and I understand that. That's why I kind of wanted to look at it here for our, 
our very, very special episode of Christmas in July. So, uh, I mean, without further ado, uh, I think we should get to it. Um, uh, so uh, I hope you're all bundled up next to uh, the, the, the fireplace with a warm cup of cocoa and are ready to, to listen to tales of Christmas past on yours, mine, and the truth. that time of year again it's christmas in july here at yours mine and the truth uh and we are happy to have uh with us a very very awesome guest one of the funniest guys in uh the lower mainland in british columbia i would say easily top 16 or 17 easily top 16 or 17 funniest guys i know comedian on 604 records you can get his album now it's on spotify it's anywhere you want to find it dreamboat this is a very very funny uh, old friend kevin banner kevin how are you i'm good that's good what are you up to <laughs> you're, you're 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 talking with me you're chewing gum he's trying to yeah, trying i spat to, up my gum several times during that introduction that was good this is, <laughs> it's, it's fun, like it's funny some people choose the the audio and some do not and uh just and like it just it's like a roll the dice when the when the thing pops up i don't know and if if you want to see my face if, you can turn this off at any time okay buddy but oh, i am enjoying i am enjoying the visual gags okay can i can i leave my camera on and turn yours off <laughs> maybe i don't know Oh, no, God. no, you may not. Um, so, uh, Kevin, I have known you. I was trying to figure this out. How long have we known each other? Five, six years? I'd say more than that. You knew me before Bonesy was around, right? Uh, you knew me at my, good? you met me. I remember you came over to, to my old place in Kits. And, and, and uh, yeah. Nora is, Nora was, is six and uh, a half. Royal Rumble 13 or 14. Yeah, yeah. I thought, yeah. For a second, I was thinking like Manias. Like that was way back then. What it was, WrestleMania 13. Was that uh, uh, Iron Man, right? I think. Uh, uh, no, 13 was uh, Austin and Brett. 13. Oh, 13. Of course. Of course. And your buddy, uh, was that <laughs> Taker and Sid? Or yeah, something like that. I don't know. Anyway, no, no, yeah. It was a, so I want to say like, yeah, about eight years we've known each other um you know we, we kind of met through mutes a couple of mutes we bonded yeah. we bonded over a couple things enjoying uh, including our uh, our love of uh, the calgary flames you are the third like big calgary flames fan we've had on this show after my buddy uh who you've met uh, um 
Kelly and uh, my friend Ted. But it took you 14 seconds to pull his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are close. We are very close. He's a, he's the fucking leader of the or the head honcho at this uh, podcast. We'll edit that out. We will we will remove that. Cut that part out. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we bonded over that. But also, we were like huge into wrestling. I think that was a big thing. Is like. Uh, you figured out that that I liked uh, wrestling, and we started talking about that more and more, among other things. Uh, you liked it uh, a lot, and that I could make you appreciate it more. <laughs> uh, I mean, you're joking, but that's like uh, you're laughing, but that's that's true. Like you, you know more about uh, wrestling than I do because you you you've been you've been in the shit, man. You yeah. were you were Bukon for a time with uh, the <laughs> great. Time. If I can, if Why I can. Not? If I can uh, uh, pump some tires here, you're, you're uh, tight with, uh, yeah, Dr. Luther, uh, yeah. who's on AEW now, uh, among, a couple, among a couple other friends. Like, I've, uh, we've got some mutual friends in the biz there, too, as well as in comedy. But anyways, we, 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 uh, we, we text each other at least once a day, <laughs> like, quite often. Like, we, we make each other laugh, and, uh, and I'm glad that uh, we get to do this, my friend. Um, yeah. I wish we could be hanging out. But uh, you know, oh, if I, don't, some... I wouldn't go that far. But yep. yeah, okay, no, I get it. Um, <laughs> but but here we are. Uh, but one thing I know about you, you're a big, uh, uh, as I said, we know wrestling. I know you're a big Mick Foley fan. Sure. Yeah, like uh, like I would say, like between him and uh, Dusty Rhodes, maybe. Oh, I think Mick Foley's I'll... probably my guy, and I also was very fortunate to get to do a weekend of shows with him. I years. know. Yeah. That... I should have been putting over all stuff. I'm sorry. He's open for Norm Macdonald as well, you guys. Um, am I missing anybody else? Michelle. Uh, Wolf a couple Michelle times. Wolf. Yeah. Buddies. Awesome. Uh, Bill Burr was a, yeah, I got yeah, Colin yeah. Quinn, the greatest. Yeah. yeah. See? Yeah, I've been very, uh, very fortunate. Yeah. And I and the show's taken a few steps up here today is what is what I'm saying. Well, so. well I mean, it's over now. I wouldn't, <laughs> if I was still working with those guys, I wouldn't be here. You know? Uh-huh. I know. I know. Um, I, I was again. This stuff we're gonna going to omit. Um, but I know you're, but like Mick Foley, you are a big uh, Christmas guy. You love yes. Christmas. Uh, I know, like you, you, the way you decorate your tree, it's like publicized. You put that tree up uh, early. Uh, I like it. Uh, I, I grew up. I grew up with a with a very similar love of Christmas. Um, uh, with uh, always the same place, same family members, uh, kind of thing. Has a super special place in my heart as well. Was it supported? Um, was your love of Christmas supported by those around you? Because mine generally is not. Hmm. Was, uh, yes, big time. It was just like, it was just a big thing, man. It, it really comes from my grandma's traditions. And that's just kind of, her energy just like has lingered for, for years. Like it's still not the same, but you know, as the, yeah, as the kids are popping up more and more, uh, it's starting to kind of come back in a different way. You know what I mean? But, uh, but I, I remember when I was like in my teenage years, I would be counting down the days. I was, I was like you, like my birthday's November 17th. And like after that, and it was like Christmas, 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 here we come, man. Um, so I had a weird kind of obsession, uh, with it, uh, uh, when I was young too. I'm not religious at all. Right. I think we just love the, it's kind of like the, that's why I mentioned McFoy. It's that kind of appreciation. Remember he did a whole 360. Like magic. Yeah. 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 The I think magic of the season is that, is that kind the of joy. what, is that what draws you to this? If I may ask, sir? Yeah. It's so it's just, I love, I, I do. It's the nostalgia of, uh, of, you know, like the memories of being a kid and, uh, just being so excited for Santa and, and then like the joy of the, you know, the music is fun and everyone mm -hmm. baking shit and just <laughs> yep. having you over and 
Yeah. Uh, you know, You're getting yeah. drunk every day like it's like quarantine or something. It's awesome. Uh, yeah, I just, I love, uh, I, I love the season. And who doesn't love a good nog? Yeah, I heard that. If there was no Christmas, there wouldn't be eggnog. Nobody's just having eggnog. It's not just, oh, here's our favorite winter drink. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. It's true. Um, so that's good. So I wanted to talk about two movies that, that are around during the Christmas season. Uh, because one of them, some people have issues with, with calling it a, a Christmas movie. Uh, I'm not going to get into that part of the thing i'm just uh, this is something that's around during the christmas season the movie takes place at christmas that's called die hard and uh we're gonna do it in a, a good old-fashioned head-to-head i don't know you know our we have another mute named uh, adam pateman he recorded our uh our header here i'm gonna add it and uh, head-to-head against a movie that i did not really have any sort of attachment to growing up which is a uh, christmas story die hard uh, i should say I um I love the uh, the profound attachment to like favorite sure. action that that and uh, like it, I kind of came through it via Speed oddly enough I loved Speed I saw Speed like five or six times in the theater like a lot of uh-huh. times I really love that movie and, and is that was, the like, movie you saw the most in the theater No No Do you want to guess See if you can guess uh-huh. You know me You know me Think huge dork hugest of the dorks in the yeah. at the dorkiest age What's that? Some sort of Lord of the Rings. No, or no, no. Wars. But in the right ballpark. A Star Wars, a Hobbit. No. A Star Wars. The film. Phantom Menace. I probably. Good <laughs> God. How many listeners does this podcast have? Because it's, I guarantee you that chopped it. Not <laughs> the Phantom yeah, Menace. Dude, I just. Dude, I, that's what I was talking I, I've talked to. to <laughs> To your buddy McNeil the other day about the movie Godzilla, and I, I, uh, I like I went to that movie twice in that opening weekend. I used to just go to every shitty uh, event movie, and then when it was like event event like Star Wars, that's something that I like. I just go again and again and again. Um, so, I mean, that's let's say that like even pre uh, quarantine, even pre Nora, that went down significantly. I was that's like I know I was bright eyed and bushy tailed, and I'm an actor, and I'm gonna make it, right? You know what I mean? And I was like, who the hell is Nora? <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, your yes. Nora. Oh, I should mention Nora, my daughter, who you who I've we've called many times in the show Bones, a nickname that was is a talent of yours. You are great at giving. Uh, uh, kids nicknames and you came up with that one and it's stuck boy did it ever thank you yeah um but but yeah so yeah a big time attachment to die hard not real an attack not ne- no real i didn't grow up with the christmas story being on all the time um i know i watched it i know it was it's always on right so i always saw bits and pieces um so i wanted to go back and watch the two of them see what stands up and what does not uh, again in that standard head to head uh, but I, I say uh, a Christmas story before I get into this. You, you, or, you know, we'll say it when we get to that. Die, first of all, Die Hard. Uh, your thoughts on the film? I love Die Hard. Before I we get it. before we get into just overall thoughts, yeah. I, I watched it a ton on uh, VHS back in the day. I loved it. Big time. I am in the rare camp that I love the movie and don't consider it a Christmas movie. Yeah. It's a movie that takes place on Christmas, but it's not a movie that mm-hmm. has the Christmas magic. No. You know no. what I mean? Right. Uh, I, there's, it's the only Christmas movie where a guy walks through a bunch of broken glass. And mm-hmm. I feel like that I know of that we know of. 
I mean, we haven't seen every Christmas movie that we I've know. I've seen right? most of them, and mm-hmm. I just haven't mm-hmm. seen that scene. Okay, I have not either. Uh, although, <laughs> depends on if you consider Home Alone right. to be a Christmas oh, movie. Do you? I don't know. It's holiday-ish, <laughs> I, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Final. I'm on ketamine. Who could even tell these? Yeah. Hmm, that sounds like an interesting strain. I will try that someday. So it's a horse tranquilizer. Oh, but oh, oh, I thought it was a, an indica. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, Die Hard takes place at Christmas. Uh, we'll, we'll just get into this. Directed by John McTurn in 1988, nominated for four Academy Awards. I'll look it up at some point here what it was. It was like editing and like that kind of sound. Maybe scoring. all the sexy ones. Yeah, yeah, but but ones that they don't just they don't just pick any uh, any geek off the street when it comes to loud movies. Like you kind of got to have a little clout to get them, um, uh, usually. Uh, so it starts with a, uh, a director by John McTiernan and the director of photography is uh, Yann DeBont, who we would direct Speed later. Uh, the aforementioned movie I saw several times. Starts with a plane landing, uh, uh, gripping the seats. Like, I like that's the first thing you see is him kind of holding onto that chair, uh, and he's kind of freaked out. But and you see a wedding ring, so it's a nice little character reveal that he's got a, a bit of vulnerability. Uh, uh, he lights up a dart at baggage claim. That's the first pop I had in <laughs> watching this again. <laughs> and cut to uh, Nakatomi Plaza. Uh, Holly's getting hit on by Harry. Uh, who's like that total 80s uh, cokehead douche. Uh, she reveals it, it's actually uh, Christmas Eve. So that's your first sign that it's not a Christmas movie because it's taking place on Christmas Eve. Um, uh, the, uh, she calls the kids. Uh, she's to, uh, they've got uh, some sort of, uh, looks like a bit of a parasite situation. Do you ever watch Parasite? Did you see it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of the way she kind of talks to this uh, thing. I wonder if, yeah, you know. Um, uh, to check in, you see the family pictures. They're really painting a picture here really well, quickly. Really great uh, visual storytelling. Hangs up the phone without saying goodbye. <laughs> she slams down the picture. Um, and uh, the first time, what's his name, says uh, California. Um, before we get too deep into this, what's his name being Bruce Willis, when in your life, because it's a phase we all go through, have homoerotic thoughts about Bruce Willis? Never. I, uh, hello, hello, also, Kevin. Are you there? Also, as a Kevin Smith fan, I know that Bruce Willis is just garbage. So, from what? Oh, really? From what? They did, a, they did uh, that movie with Tracy Morgan, and Kevin Kevin Smith has like a, there's a long YouTube video yeah. explaining why Bruce Willis sucks to work with. Yeah, and how he actively tried to turn cast members against the director. And just, really? Who? And that's a Kevin Smith. I remember that movie. Um, but it that was, was originally called A Couple of Dicks, and then uh, they wouldn't release it. Obviously, okay. the studios didn't want to release that. Uh, mm-hmm. Cops and buddy okay. guy dudes. I don't so know. So that's it's when like, he first started kind of doing it for you? That's what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once I knew that he was a bad boy. Uh, no, I've never, uh, I've never had. Uh, okay, well, for me, Fifth oh. Element. Fifth Element by a, by a landslide. Um, so, uh, but he's, but he says his line, California and, oh, I don't know if you've heard of this. There was a a movie called, uh, or, or there's a show on Netflix called, um, the film or the movies that made us. What's that? Because that was the name of the Bruce Willis and Tracy Morgan movie. (laughs) 
<laughs> a show called the the films that made us or the movies that made us and there's one that's on die hard that's really good it's really good yeah. i don't know if you saw it or not uh but uh, uh it really went into a lot of this stuff where it all came from and how at the time bruce willis was seen as like uh he, he was like a romantic lead right on this goofy like people were laughing when they'd see him show up in the trailers right he wasn't an action hero um but is, did you ever know him as anything other than that? Do you know what I mean? No, I didn't know what was an evening shade. Or <laughs> Moonlighting. Like, Moonlighting. Ah, ballpark. I love it, man. But yeah, in the I ballpark. Didn't... I mean, you know, an evening shade, I think, a live studio audience. Moonlighting more like a 30-something, but a little more chuckly. Oh, dramedy. Geez. Dramedy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyways, he, like, it was, this was like a big risk for everybody involved. He somehow got paid $5 million because he had a good agent. Uh, he's picked up by Argyle, uh, this guy. How do you not love this guy? Uh, it's funny to see how he's grown up. Uh, uh, so it's a nice touch too. They have John McClane riding up front right away. Super likable guy. The guy he's riding with is super likable. Uh, he's chatting him up, gets personal really quickly. And he turns on Run DMC. And he said, well, I thought I, I wanted Christmas music. And he said, this is Christmas music. So I'm gonna ask you, is this a Christmas song? Is Christmas in Hollis a Christmas song? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, don't I think, think so too. I, is I, it I, a good? Is it a great Christmas song? Is it a classic to you now? It's 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 very good. I don't like when I think of Christmas classics, it doesn't pop to my head immediately. Mm -hmm. But I, uh, I, I, but I don't, don't get mad when I hear it. I don't get mad when I hear it, and it doesn't damper my holiday spirit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's I was, I was probably I'm going to start this uh, our little interview here. Argyle show, shows a solid level of connection. Uh, he offers to stay. That was awesome. Like, you know what I mean? They, they have this kind of click right away there, just in that, that drive from the airport. They do so much in such a little time of establishing who is who and what their little uh, quirks and coibles are, right? And what their vices are and what sucks about them, right? What, what their picadillos are. Very good. Mm, I, I could go for some. Is that another horse tranquilizer? Uh, uh, so ball pickle. Uh, I really love when he gets to the uh, thing and it's uh, the touchscreen access there. It's got that 80s touchscreen. Uh, and I love the sound it makes, man. I miss that. Um, that you would only see in these, like this era of movie. Uh, when I would, I loved watching these kinds of movies at like sleepover at a, you know, when you're, you're too young to be watching it. Like probably should, there's boobs in it at some point, you know, and, and like way too much ultraviolence and a lot of MFers. But uh, um, uh, I remember like, you know, that touch screen and that thing that, that's so just, you know, takes me back to like sleepovers watching like RoboCop and then not having a hard time get to sleep that night. You know what I mean? Um, and he, uh, so he runs in, he whistles jingle bells as he kind of strolls towards the elevator, emerges to the family Christmas party and he gets, a guy gives him a kiss. And that's what he says again. Jesus. Fucking California. Fucking California. <laughs> um, uh, convo with, he has a conversation with Nakatori uh, right away or like not Nakatori Tagagi or whatever his name is uh, or Nakatomi is what I thought but lets us know some of the building is out of construction so they're just establishing all these little things here right at the beginning about the setting of this place and who everybody is her boss who's like CEO and like has cash to spend on these uh, big things um, and is like super like looks up to his wife, right? Remember, calls her. She's she's tough as nails. I love his voice. I love his voice. Um, 
so uh, Harry's laugh. Oh yeah, and there's that guy, the Harry, the coke head. Uh, they catch him doing coke, and he laughs at his boss's joke a little too much. <laughs> you know, like and you know, just that perfect kind of kiss ass. I love that. All these little touches here. Um, the really great tender moment as she walks into the door. Holly Gennaro in the hat, and it's kind of like, oh man, looks like everything's gonna be okay. That. Like he's a bit worried about this all for nothing. And then he brings up that she changed the, the, that she didn't have the name and he fucks it up early kind of thing. And that, and, and so like right away that they kind of, the last time they see each other, they kind of had a fight. And that is, if you watch the, the films that made us, that is what led to this movie becoming what it did is a guy had a near death experience driving on the way home after he had had a huge fight with his wife and thought for a second that like that was it. And he got home and realized, okay, you have to, you have to keep telling the people you care about that you love them, right? And that uh, otherwise, that it, something could happen, and that would be it, right? Um, and I'd never really thought about this movie like that until watching this, and then it, holy shit, man, it added way more of a, a weight to it. Um, do you know what I mean? Pathos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's so that he fucks it up there, he fucks it up, right? He's like, what's this Gennaro bullshit on the, on the front, right? Like this, uh, and then he's, uh, and he doesn't get to see her again because uh, she leaves and uh, she, um, uh, some bands pull up and they look ominous, right? Uh, uh, they kill some guards right away. There's a master hacker, what about this one African-American gentleman, you know, who kind of has a, a, here's the one thing um, I should mention here before we get too deep into things here, Kevin. Uh, and you can judge me all you want. Call me a fucking lib. But I'm trying to work on, and I, I'm, you know, taking this uh, cue from another, or my podcast partner from the other one I do is to avoid using uh, voices of different uh, races. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? So uh, so I, I'll, I'll be careful when when we get to Re Reginald Bill Johnson because he's got a little more of of that that style. But however, this guy, he sounds like uh like uh like eddie murphy's interpretation of a white guy do you know what i mean so i think yeah. i should be able to get away with that <laughs> let's let's go with it i mean like um so because he's like this master hacker and everything's 80s style he locks everyone in <clears throat> and uh hans gruber arrives here it is alan rickman the late great alan rickman uh uh the score makes a really nice reference to winter wonderland it's like Dun, 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 but it's still kind of like getting you scary. Hilarious. Um, excellent visual storing, uh, storytelling with you. It starts on his bare feet um, up to his wallet as he's looking at everybody. He calls Argyle uh, about maybe coming. To, he's thinking about maybe I should just go home, but it gets cut off. And it's perfect. So Argyle's like, what? The guy waiting down in the limo's like, what? What's happening? Um, and all of a sudden there's machine guns at the holiday par at the holiday party. And we see boobies in the office, as I said. That's the kind of thing when I was a you know eleven year old just would make my night. Um, John goes up a few floors. Uh, and he has uh, he's looking uh, for oh oh yeah yeah what's his name Han shows up and he's looking for Takagi gets him. John sees the missiles when he's, he's sneaking around. There's some rad again more of those late eighties uh, computer images. Um, uh, John is in the background, just kind of laying low, listening to everything. There's a nice negotiation scene uh, with uh, the, that boss, the CEO, uh, uh, really good tension. You can see the beads of sweat on, it, on his head. I love that uh, before he blows his brains out. 
Um, Argyle's out back rocking out on the phone. Nobody knows about this. Um, there's issues with the vault locks. John McClane's deciding what to do. He calls the fire department, but somehow they're able to make them turn around. Um, and we see the first of like the really German looking guys. Uh, his name is uh, Olaf. Uh, and he comes looking as, and has the, uh, the, the fire has been called off. Um, uh, John McClane uh, turns on a table saw. He fights this Olaf guy, or this is what I'm calling him anyway, uh, and rolls him down the steps. Uh, at the first like really good fight scene, and it's a first fight scene that's not like uh, your like what a, a fight scene was like at that time in the '80s or even before. Do you know what I mean? Because it's no. not like psh, psh, like they're not no, like ex exchanging blows. Right. They're, he's just going to like he makes a lot of like just grunts and and. Oh. And like he's he's like it's more comical, but it's also more realistic. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, I feel like at that point, uh, some action stars were getting a little bit Stallone. Mm -hmm. A lot of Big the time. And, the... and I think that's what made this movie stand out because, as I said, at the time, or it's one of the things that did. Nobody liked uh, at the time. Nobody was was really buying him as a as an action star, and they had taken his face off of posters and stuff. And uh, it wasn't until it, it became a hit after a couple of weeks that they put his name back on the posters or, and huh. his face and stuff like that. But it is like these things where it's him uh, not being that action action uh, star that we used to see. Uh, but that, yeah, it just ends really ugly as they kind of just roll down the steps and you know that guy is fucking dead. It's just gross. <laughs> There's like a number of things, just the way the carcasses drop uh, that just kind of give you a fool. Um, his, his shoes are too small. Uh, good joke there about a, a shoe smaller than his sister. Uh, he goes in the elevator. Uh, Groobs, keep calling him Groobs, uh, is talking shit uh, just as Olaf shows up and he's wearing a... Uh, uh, um, He's dead, but he's tied to a chair and it says, ho, 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 I've got a machine gun. Like jolly old Saint Nick likes to say around Christmas time. Uh, the elevator reaches the top. Uh, McLean gets a nice look at the, at the centerfold. I love that. That's such a nice, because it, it's meant to uh, <clears throat> um, it remind you of the location later, because I think he sees it again later and just kind of gives it another little nod. <clears throat> but it's just such a funny little, there's so many little things like that, right? I remember later there's one of the, uh, terrorist guys just grabs a chocolate bar because he's <laughs> next to like the snack bar or something um uh so uh they bring the thing down and uh olaf's buddy who i will call helmet the guy with the long hair is is, is <laughs> choked it's choked uh he says i i want the blood and uh holly can tell something's wrong uh uh john uses the radio to call the cops they figure out he's on the roof and we cut to our introduction here of reginald val johnson and man I, I, I've mentioned that Netflix show uh, a couple times now that, that goes over this episode, but, and it, and it's, and it's like your standard kind of, it, it's a good documentary and they get really good people on, including the director and the writer who was kicked off at the beginning. It's not, it's not saccharine, like sugar, like, like shitty Netflix, like kind of look at like these all the movies that made us, you know what I mean? But that's the voice in it. That's the thing that, that kind right. of sucks about it. it has that kind of tone of shitty, uh, uh you know that that kind of reality tv but it's really great and include especially for this guy's story man because he booked this gig like the day uh or like not like like shortly before his his mother passed away or or like maybe like a few years before his, like he said he was really happy that she got to see it 
because he was like, she had a big family, single mother kind of thing. And uh, she was the only one who really took him seriously in, in terms of doing uh, what he did. And he bought her a house and he bought her a car. Um, and like, it gets super emotional when he's talking about this thing. And it, especially when you consider his character arc in the movie too, it's, it's awesome. And what became, and I, like he became known as a, you know, a famous cop years later with a, as a, yeah. How many years later was that? Or was it roughly around the same time? Uh, I think it was a couple, I would say three or four years later. But you, you can search that for me if you like. <coughs> um, it's, uh, I, mean, I, I mean, as a, you know, current events have taught me, he, it's, it's mild copaganda, right? His character in this. <laughs> but, uh, but he's always the one who's like, you know, we're one of the guys who's rooting for you. Oh, shit, I did it, Kevin. Fuck. Okay, <laughs> call me on that every time. What's that? 88 and uh, Family Matters was 89. Wow, there you go. Um, so yeah, yeah, and that's just the way, like, and that's great that this, that kind of set this guy for life. Um, so he's grabbing Twinkies, but we'll get, he gets the call. He's the one guy who's supposed to go check it out. There's a gunfight on the roof. Uh, great scene in the elevator shaft. That scene is in fucking insane when he has to try to jump from one place to the next. Uh, do you remember that? And, and he misses it. Um, so that legit happened, right? That, and that wasn't supposed to happen. And then they just thought, okay, great. Because it looks like, oh, fuck, <laughs> like he's dead. Uh, but then they just edited in him grabbing a vent like, you know, a couple fo floors down, right? Um, there's so many happy accidents if you watch that, that doc of what makes this movie so crazy great. Um, super intense, that, that moment. He barely grabs... Um, and then he starts crawling through the vent and uh, he says the best line in the movie. I've said it a, a number of times in every, every time. Uh, uh, I, I like to say it when somebody uh, is pissed off or when somebody's visiting Vancouver and it's like just pissing rain, you know? Come out to the coast. We'll get together. Have a few laughs. Um, and have you noticed this? As somebody who doesn't like the, this being seen as a Christmas movie, someone, a number of people have made an ornament out of this little scenario, right? Have you seen those? Yeah. Would, would you, as someone who loves putting, I know you love quirky ornaments. I've seen sure. your quirky ornaments. Would, as, but as someone who does not see Dyer, would you do it? Uh, probably not. I don't think I would. I've yeah. done some, some, some great like Christmas vacation and Christmas story mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. ornaments, but... No, mm -hmm. I don't want Die Hard on okay. my trip. Okay, just asking. Yeah. Oh, you've got a Money in the Bank uh, briefcase? Yeah. yeah. I, but I just feel like that validates um, the people who think that it's a <laughs> I know, I know. That's kind of what I thought you'd say. All right. So, um, where the fuck are we? Okay, so Helmet keeps checking. Uh, John McClane gets out, sees the cop car pulling up. Uh, and Reginald Val Johnson pulls up. Uh, Huey Lewis's uglier brothers working the the front there. You know the guy I'm talking about, right? <laughs> and uh, entrance. Uh, John McClane starts trying to uh, to just get his attention. Uh, doesn't work. He gets in another shootout. Um, uh, thanks for the advice. Uh, Reginald Val Johnson is humming "Let It Snow" as he walks to the car. Uh, a song that shows up in the end here. "Let It Snow." I'm going to tell you, not a Christmas song. Really? Well, there well, is no reference to Christmas or well, holidays at all. But, 
it it is a very Christmassy feeling song, and it yeah, and it it uh, it pops up on a lot of Christmas compilations. Mm-hmm. And uh, when the fuck else are you gonna listen to "Let It Snow"? When it's snowing and you want to go out in the snow and you're feeling good about the snow. Nobody feels good about the snow anymore. We're not kids. Now children. it means tougher okay. to get. Okay, okay, for children. West Coast. Okay, maybe maybe can we compromise for children? It can be an all-purpose, uh, just winter song, but for grown-ups, come on, fuck I, it. No, I'm not, not going in the snow. Go shit your pants. It's a Christmas song. <laughs> All right, so um, we're introduced to the main, like, kind of news guy here. Um, <clears throat> oh, this is right after the body hits uh, uh, Red, RVJ, I'm going to call him here. That's what my shorthand <laughs> uh, hits the car so he knows that that, that shit's going down. Um, <clears throat> and after that, so we know that he knows that it's bad, yeah. And we're introduced to that, that main news anchor guy who's a real uh, douchebag, and he's great at playing douchebags. He was the main douchebag in... Ghostbusters as well, right? <clears throat> um, and uh, so it's we, we start to they add that to this thing because he hears about this on the police scanner. Uh, cops arrive at at uh, Nakatomi Plaza. McLean reveals he's killed two more. Uh, to Harry is uh, RVJ's real name. Or no, uh, yeah, I guess I don't know. Harry's the the cokehead I thought, but he grabs a dart from one of the dead bodies. Uh, I love this that he's smoking. Oh yeah, no, no, he's revealed he's killed more to uh, two more to Hans. There's a really great scene where they on on the uh, uh, they're having the conversation and mystery mist, uh, Mr. Mystery Guest Roy Rogers. The TV news starts up. Um, <clears throat> uh, that might be where the that might be where we hear the the line. I'm sure uh, the the very famous line. Uh, You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Uh, TV news starts up, uh, RVJ and John McClane start talking, starts telling him the situation. There are nine left, says they're mostly European. Um, I, I feel like he trusts them a little too, too quickly. Can you remember this? What do you think? As a police officer, would you trust just based on like a dead body hitting your car? Would I trust the guy? No, because yeah, yeah. he's the guy that threw the dead body, right? Right, yeah. So it's a little, uh, uh, yeah. I, I rarely trust people that throw corpses at me. It's it, that goes got to be a. Me. It's got to be a special circumstance. You're right. That's a good point. Yeah, and you know, since I was a kid, that was kind of my thing. It's like if you throw a dead body at me, or even just a part of it, I will not. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. not on board. Mm-hmm. I get it. So, uh, the chief shows up. He's a principal from the Breakfast Club. Uh, we hear that, uh, here she's uh, tough as nails, Holly, you know, we see her speaking with Hans. We see that she's able to stand up to him, catches, he catches her kind of looking at the picture for a second. Uh, Argyle finally learns about, the uh, the shit going down, uh, somehow because of the TV in his limo. Um, the security cams start following the, um, the, the team around, uh, or as the, there's a SWAT team that's starting to break in. And uh, the hacker starts to recite uh, the, Christmas, the Christmas story as he's following them. He's like, uh, it was the night before Christmas and there were three coming in on the right-hand side. You know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> and then after they, they figure out the Euro trash, make short work of them and they set up a tank and they set up a bazooka. And then he gives uh, one of my favorite lines in the movie. Oh my God, the quarterback is toast. I know you and I, that's you, because as NFL fans, that's you and I every Sunday on the couch. Oh. oh my God! The quarterback is toast. 
Um, so John McClane tries to get Hans to uh, pull back. It's not, uh, there's more bazookas. Uh, he, John McClane makes a makeshift bomb and throws it down the elevator shaft. Kerblamo, that's a crazy fucking scene. That looks, <clears throat> it's something about the explosions here too and all these practical effects that even then, they were still trying to find new ways to like, how else are we going to make things blow up? Let's, tr- let's make it blow up an elevator shaft. See how that looks. Uh, and it looked rad, right? Like the, all of this is new and different, right? Um, and that's kind of the, like the other thing too, keeping it contained and having these different levels of different situations. Like right there, you're just, you're setting up a perfect template for what it was they were doing here. Um, he gets on the on the radio with Deputy Chief Dwayne T. Robinson. Argyle's oh, he calls him. Uh, I don't, can't remember what he says. Quit sucking. Quit fucking around and get off my head. And you hear Argyle laughing in the car. <laughs> like that's awesome. I love that he's listening in. Um, it, it establishes. I like that he's kind of, you know, part of this team, even though he's just kind of on the outside here too. Um, and we have another another really it's. That's the other thing in that Netflix show is they talk about how it's a love story really between Reginald Bell Johnson and John McClane's here too. And he's like, I'm feeling a little disrespected here, uh, uh, Bob or whatever. He's like, he's like, I love you. So do a lot of the other guys. You hang in there. And he's like, yeah, thanks, partner. Like, uh, like they're really kind of going for that. And that's the other thing too that's separating. It didn't like, that's it. With Stallone and, and the Schwarzenegger movies of the time, you weren't seeing this kind of, vulnerability you know what i mean mm-hmm. um and i think that's what like look being a, a douche on set uh aside like he's uh, i think bruce willis is one of like uh one of the most underrated like actors in terms of range of what he's done over his career i can looking at your face i can oh. tell you disagree what do you think I'm, I'm just not, a, I don't know. He, he was never uh, a guy that was like special to me. He was a guy that was always Bruce Willis. Yeah. What about um, 12 Monkeys? Did you ever see 12 Monkeys? No, I was gonna, but then mm-hmm. I didn't. How <laughs> about uh, Pulp Fiction? Pulp Fiction is a, is a yeah, really... Yeah, I enjoyed Pulp yeah. Fiction. Uh, Very Bruce willis in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, she a little like there's something to it. Yeah, yeah, I can see what you're saying, but there's there's something different to it. There, there's more weight to that than the average kind of thing. But this is something too. Like this is you. This is a, come a down special... to the base for the pawn shop. Have a couple of laughs. <laughs> All right. Um, <clears throat> no, like like there was a time when I was really looking forward to the the movies. Like he would put out, and it's it's like. You know, I can't remember. It's a long time ago, but around that, like Twelve Monkeys, Pulp Fiction era, I think that he was taking whole nine yards. <laughs> no, uh, even shit like uh, like Last Man Standing, the the Tim Allen, uh, your buddy Tim Allen, his uh... <laughs> no, he was... went ahead with Yanni Gogolak and the Gogolak gang, and you're just gonna blow right past it into some Tim Allen schmoz. <laughs> No, Last Bad Standing was a, a western that he was in as well. Like he, like, there's some different like stuff from that era I really liked, and some later stuff in his career. I, I think he's he's not just well as we saw. He wasn't just that like romantic uh, comedy guy, and he wasn't just that action comedy guy or action guy. Um, I think I think I, I think he was a, he's a he's a he's a he's a star, right? Like, and, and and I don't mean that like a Hollywood star, like somebody who's who 
there's something that separates him from that. Like he's the Tom Cruise kind of category. You know what I mean? That, that like, you know, there's movies where Tom Cruise is being Tom Cruise all the time, but Tom Cruise is a great fucking actor and has made a lot of great movies as well. Also on, I've heard in the real world, not the coolest. Really? He also has an extra tooth. Uh, if you look yeah. at pictures of Tom Cruise, mm-hmm. draw a line down the middle of yeah. his, from his nose. And like, that's where most people's tooth, middle tooth is. He, mm-hmm. uh, he has an extra tooth where like he has a tooth directly under mm-hmm. his, his nose. And Maybe that's that not- allows him to communicate with Xenu or whoever is ahead of the Scientology or whatever. I ain't fucking with no mm-hmm. Scientologist. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Um, I love, uh, uh, so Hans, so Harry starts to feel like he's that the cokehead. He's like, uh, uh, he's going to help out. Right. He's starting to think like he's got that fucking eighties cokehead douchebag wall street confidence. Uh, Hey, Hey, uh, babe, Shrekin she talk and, uh, Hans booby. I'm your white knight. Yeah. Um, um, and what's that? Just remember as a kid when he called him Bubby or whatever, I'm just like, I hate this guy. I know, I know. He's, he's great in that role too, right? Really well cast. Um, and they, uh, again, another tender Twinkie discussion between the two guys. Uh, Harry's on the radio with uh, McLean, tells him. Uh, and, and after a while, John McLean's like, I don't know him. Like, try not because he knows that he's fucked. And again, he gets his, he gets blo- his head blown, up, blown off too. Um, this tell you tells you he's getting closer this is good too because hans is getting closer to finding out who john mcclain is because he started this is the other thing there's all these little things that are bubbling under the surface through all of this uh i love and after yeah this read of bruce willis is here of like he's not he's just exasperated and fucking brokenhearted that somebody else has died and just like go fuck yourself hans just like the way he gets i love that like the way he delivers some of the this uh dialogue is is really great he worked with the guy who was doing the script tweaks because it wasn't comedy before. And he, I don't know how closely, but he really pushed the guy who was adding the comedy to add more. Uh, and I think obviously uh, it worked out. Um, uh, the chief is a real sweetheart all of a sudden when uh, he's talking to the guys from the FBI. Uh, and uh, Han, or no, especially when he starts talking to Hans, he's like, uh, oh, hello, Mr. Gruber. What can I do for you? Uh, and uh, Hans demands a release of a bunch of terrorist type motherfuckers. But you tell he doesn't care about all of them. He's like, I read about him in Time magazine. Um, it's uh, Hans is like, it's Christmas, the time of miracles, because they aren't going to be able to get into this vault in time. The hacker's telling him uh, more new stuff. They drag uh, Harry's body out. And here's where the FBI arrives. Almost is in the house. Edward James almost beautiful pockmarked face of edward james almost and uh, oh, okay no here we'll stop here when did you have your first homoerotic <laughs> edward james almost no uh hans climbing around runs into john mcclain uh or and he has a california accent oh it's one of them you remember that when he's playing that <laughs> that's a really good touch um rvj tells the feds about john mcclain uh hans sees uh, no shoes, uh, uh, and he offers him, offers him uh, uh, as uh, John McClane offers him a dart. John McClane gives him a gun, and again, really great tension here. Remember the first, I can imagine in a theater, first time people see this, people are like, no, fuck, ah! Um, but doesn't have, no bullets. Uh, <laughs> the way that he's just like, you dumb fuck. Like, he's so good at doing that, too. Like, that kind of douche 
prick, like almost bully, right? That's right. I can imagine that's the real life Bruce Willis as Kevin Smith has described him. You know what I mean? No bullets. Uh, to like some, some PA who's like getting paid like the bare minimum in the pouring rain. When... Who hands him a coffee with cream yes. in it. No yes. cream. Uh. Flash in the face. Um, a <laughs> uh, whole lot of machine guns. And this is where Hans is, because he saw the bare feet, shoot the glass. Uh, news people get the family home address. Uh, the reveal of his really good, as, as you mentioned, Yann de Bon is the cinematographer here. And there's really good, photo- uh, the cinematography throughout this is great. But the reveal of his bloody feet is so just, ugh, just the way he's dragged into that, that overhead shot as he's dragging his body in there. And just before, me- before I ever saw the movie, that's what I knew about it was there was a scene where he has to walk through broken glass. Right. Right. And apparently there was like broken glass everywhere. Mm-hmm. Why? I, I, can I guess how you uh, knew about that? Go on. From the Chris Farley show? Would you have seen the Chris Farley show episode first? No, I would have no. seen that later. Okay, okay. Because I know you're a big Farley fan. Yeah. Um, just do you remember it? Do you remember? <laughs> um, so, uh, da da whole lot of machine guns, as I said. Uh, yeah, and then the bloody feet. Uh, nice conversation between, uh, um, again, another nice one. This is as he's like, but he's starting to get, he's starting to feel like he might not make it. And he starts saying, he's like, here's what I want you to, to tell my uh, wife, if, if uh, nothing else. Um, as you see, my wife walk into the room. Um, Hey, that's the first time we've heard her voice on a Yours, Mind, and the Truth. That's exciting. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah. So, but he has a, here's where this gives uh, Reginald Val Johnson's character a bit of an arc here as well, is that he is, hasn't been able to be on the force because he killed a kid. Um, you know, had an arc. What's that? <laughs> Say again one more time. I said, you know who else had an arc? Hmm. Noah. Yes, very good. Thanks, buddy. Good. Listen, if you allow your guests to get stoned <laughs> when they're doing a podcast, then this is what you're going to get. Puns. <laughs> I like it. Um, so it tell, tells him about the FBI being in charge now. The FBI, FBI provides uh, that miracle because they cut the power and all, and, the, and all of a sudden the vault just opens up and it's like hitting that ode to joy like... <laughs> That's really good. Now, question, Travis. Mm-hmm. Oh, DeJoy? Uh, FBI. Yeah. Can you confirm or deny, does it stand for the Federal Bureau of Investigations? Mm-hmm. Or I had I had heard another one, female body inspector? Or no. boobies? Or booty? What do you think? I'm pretty sure the B is is bureau. Okay, so feder- uh, so female bureau investigator, got it. Correct. Um, so uh, that's just where the big drawer, right? Yes. Where they hide their dildos. <laughs> <laughs> so the feds call in the choppers. <laughs> There's one more conversation between. Uh, um, uh, McLean and, and uh, uh, <laughs> Reginald Bell Johnson one more time that really reveals that film scene that I was telling you about that we should be telling the people about 
that we love that we love them. We shouldn't leave that uh, behind, um, which is a super fucking awesome theme, man. Um, Tell your wife I love her. Okay. Uh, right Kevin now. just wanted to let you know that he loves you. Oh, thanks, Kevin. I love you, too. Oh, I was just yeah. kidding. <laughs> he was entirely sincere. Um, oh. <laughs> so... Uh, what, one more, uh, uh, conversation between, as I said, um, and then the news crew shows up at the family home and the asshole threatens to call, uh, like deportation on, uh, the housekeeper. Ooh. Uh, John finds all the C4 on the roof. You can tell that like, this is all a sabotage. Um, and he gives, uh, fights off helmet uh, with a machine gun. And, and this guy helmet, the guy, or the guy of calling helmet was, a. Uh, apparently a ballet expert. Yeah. Um, played it. Did you know that? Yes. Yeah. Oh, I did. Uh, he's quite a famous one too, isn't yeah, he? I, I guess. Is, it, is that M Mikhail Baryshnikov? It was not Mikhail <laughs> no. Baryshnikov. That's Baryshnikov the... was in uh, Sex and the City, right? Yeah. <laughs> your buddy, your favorite show, um, Die Hard. White Knights. White Ballerina. Knights. Baryshnikov is the Baryshnikov one. I, I mean, I, I should have had this up in front of me. Um, I just know uh, your time is precious, so I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get going here, bro. Um, uh, John find, as I said, so he knows that they're they're fucked, but he fights this guy off. Uh, they see, uh, then they see her kids on TV, um, and that's a really good twist at this this stage of the script as things are getting more and more tense, and now he knows who she is and how she's related to him. Um, the choppers are arriving at Nakatomi. Uh, John McClane gets kind of, as he's running away, he kind of gets a bullet in the shoulder. Do you remember this? And just kind of whoosh, a bit of blood like splashes on the, on the door as he's running away. It's just like, Jesus Christ. It looks like he really takes a harsh one there. Um, um, not one of those, not one of those chill, mellow just a, bullets. Yeah, yeah, no, just a graze. It's like a harsh bullet. <laughs> like yeah, that, no, it looked like it got organs is what I'm saying. Um, uh, there's a fight with helmet ends with like that chain. He ain't hanging him from the chain. That's funny. Like he's just talking to you. It's like, first I'm going to kill you. Then I'm going to cook you. Then I'm going to eat you. It's just, it's just going nuts. Cause at this point he's lot losing his fucking mind. Right. Cause what a crazy Christmas Eve. Um, um, I love how arrogant the feds are when they're just flying around. It's just like, just like in Saigon. And he's like, I was, I was in, I was in junior high, you douche or you dick or whatever. Um, like they're just so confident. You don't get, you don't learn much about them other than they're just confident pricks who never have to listen to anybody and just kind of, yeah, let's get <laughs> choppers. You know what I mean? Um, uh, so John tells everyone on the roof to go downstairs. He's firing off the, uh, 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 machine gun trying to uh, scare them off um, but the, he's able to get them all to go down and the, the roof blows up just as he has grabbed this is what I really want to ask you about he grabs that uh, fire hose ties it around his waist and and swings off and he's able to swing through the window back into the building um a few I, I did a recent episode of my uh, that that wrestling watch through show I did with a friend Jane uh, my buddy Johnny said that James Neidhart the anvil did something very similar to this at a hotel balcony. Had you heard this story? I, it does sound familiar when you say that. And I don't doubt it for a second. I know. <laughs> all due respect. It had to be like, it had Jim to be. The anvil night was insane. Yep. <laughs> yes, he was. And it had to have been like, it was probably on the cable box there. No, no, I'm going to do it. 
happened to try it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. Iron Sheik was asked who the hardest partiers were back in his day, and he said that Jim Neidhart is A to the Z man. <laughs> because he would do anything A to Z. Wow, wild. Um, yeah, I know I remember hearing that too. Uh, but I thought you would have known more deets about the fire hose balcony story. Um, the roof explosion looks amazing. You should see the way they got this. Like it was using, like the producer thought there's never in a million ways you're going to get this shot with uh, using this this miniature that they built. But it ends up looking fucking incredible. Um uh, the FBI guys are, are toast in the garage. Argyle sees a van splitting. He T-bones the guy and, uh, um, you know, uh, gives him a, a right hand. Han sees Holly. John McClane has two bullets left. This is great. He sees wrapping paper, Christmas wrapping paper. Argyle uh, T-bones the hacker uh, and punches him out. And um, uh, oh, yeah, I already mentioned that. But... Uh, Here's where, like, uh, like so he's, this is, like, we're right at, the, like, the climax of the whole fucking thing here, where he's got, Hans has got Holly, and our, our hero's just, like, crawling around the corner. I love the way he just, like, he's dying. You can hear him dying as he just calls for him. Hans! Hans! <laughs> like, he's barely able to walk. I love it. And, he, and, uh, and he's like, hi, honey. Uh, um standoff uh john mcclain drops one gun and the laughter laughter into his like secret gun that he's tied on the back with the christmas wrapping paper kills the one guy and then shoots hans once his happy trails hans after blowing blowing the the rifle of the gun and there's one last scare on the edge of the building this uh, and like just classic like scene of uh the visual of alan rickman's uh face falling off uh, in slow motion just iconic right maybe the most iconic shot in this whole movie other than the the, the line of dialogue um so uh yeah the fire the the fire department arrives uh holly and uh and mclean emerge they see uh rvj awesome moment between the two um helmet shows up oh yeah no holly says it's holly mclean like she uses the last name they're they're tying up all these little loose ends and uh helmet shows up for one last scare and uh who's who he gets shot six times and who's who's behind the barrel of the gun but the guy who hasn't been able to get behind the desk and fire a gun ever since he killed a kid are like our, our uh rvj himself uh perfect bow on things it's like a like a present like a Christmas, pardon me, like a, like a present you would receive at a, at a, at a birthday or something. Any time of year. Yes, yeah. yes. So limousine emerges. Harbor Day. Limousine emerges. Picks up John McClane and Holly after she punches uh, out the news guy. One last kind of, yeah, like a little exclamation point. They drive away and they cut to the credits as we hear the, the winter classic. As I said, I'm arguing now. That's my argument. That's where I learned that from this is that let it snow is not a Christmas song. It is a, uh, there is no mention of Christmas or December or any, uh, anything related to Christmas at all, but that plays on the way out. Um, yeah. Uh, did you, when's the last time you watched this movie? Uh, it's probably been a decade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 But you have, uh, to... but, but all the scenes like, because I watched it so much as a kid. Yeah. Like I, I could, I could go, to, I could not watch Wayne's World for ten years, and I could still mm-hmm. give you the beat for beat. Sure. Um, but yeah, no, it was uh, just there's a couple scenes there too that I forgot, and then as you're going into them, I was like, oh yeah, I can picture. Them. 
I mean, that's like movie like uh, Major League. Uh, Major League is like a song to me. Yeah. I could say that whole thing from start to finish. I'll probably talk about it at some point on this thing. Um, yeah, so still Smash, I would say it's still like everything stands up. The only thing that like it's like it's not, uh, you know, it's still, a, I guess it's a period piece now. It's taking place in the 80s, so you don't have to worry about, oh, the cell phones would have changed everything, man. Right. Like, fuck that noise. Um, uh, I don't, there's nothing, there's nothing like, oh, boy, we're going to get into a Christmas story here. There's a couple jokes where you're like, hey, like, there's nothing, there's nothing in Die Hard like that. And I know it's a few years later, um, but I think in that type of movie, there's probably more opportunity for that kind of shit to happen. Do you know what I mean? So I'm surprised. That's what I was surprised about as to how much it hasn't um, started to feel clunky or rusty. Do you know what I mean? Mm. But that leads us to, uh, again, this movie, A Christmas Story. Uh, you say you had an attachment to it. When's the last time you watched A Christmas Story? Uh, I watched it this year. I didn't get to it until Boxing Day, but yeah. I did watch it. Okay. So it's um, a movie you watch every year. Yes. You have a uh, When yeah. I was younger, it, it's Ted Turner's favorite Christmas right. movie. And so on TBS mm -hmm. uh, for years, they would run it 24 hours on Christmas. Okay. So I never really had any attachment to this movie at all. Um, Don't feel bad about that either. I know okay. a lot of idiots that do. Um, so I'm kind of watching this to, uh, yeah, okay, thank you. I'm watching this today <laughs> with really, with really like none of that, but, but still in the back of my mind, knowing that, that people have that attachment, like everyone knows that, right? Um, and yeah, right away, it opens with your, like your classic Christmas sounds and the font. I love the font. So I can feel like people yeah. just having that on in the background all the time. It'd be like great early visuals. I like the stuff with the kids in front of the glass. Uh, we learn that the weird looking kid, do we ever learn his name? No, which which kid do do we get the name? The main of? kid. Uh, do we ever learn his name? Ralphie. Oh, okay, pardon me, pardon me. Um, uh, Wait, yeah, there's Ralphie and Randy. Yeah, Randy, I, yeah. his kid brother. We learn uh, he wants the Daisy Air rifle. It's like the, the, his whole arc. Um, st uh, the the start at the family home. I don't remember. It looks like a play. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't look like a movie set. Right. I don't remember that. There's a lot of stuff I don't like, and it's really this whole thing is shot like uh, like an '80s uh, or like late '70s kind of um, sitcom kind of thing at, at times, and then there's times there's a it's 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 different. It's a really different looking movie. Um, the kid, I think that kid, I gotta know. I know you have attachment. Right at the beginning, there, I feel like he has a punchable face. <laughs> That's the first thing I thought. And have you seen this actor grow up? Have you seen what yeah. he's like? He's, um, in, uh, he's in another Christmas movie. He's an elf. Right, right. And, and does he not have that face where you just, certain child stars have it? And it's just like, oh man, I'm sorry. I know you're in your 50s now, but you still look like a child. And you're never going to not look like a child. When did you first have homoerotic feelings about Peter <laughs> Billingsley? As I said, did not have the same special <laughs> attachments. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, a few minutes ago. Um, so, uh, he, uh, eventually tells his mom about the rifle and she says the famous line, uh, you're going to shoot your eye out. And we have the first kind of fantasy sequence here. <sighs> These I didn't love. These I, I thought are, were like, would go on way too long sometimes. And again, I'd like, this is if you don't grow up with it. I think this movie could have been like 
oh, there's certain things. There's other parts I'll tell you. And like, I, I just, each one of those fantasy ones would just kind of like, oh, here comes another one. I'd like, I'd start to get a little more, ugh. Um, well, I liked, some of them were great. Like the yeah. one where uh, the, the soap, the, he goes blind from the soap poisoning and he comes home with like a cane and glasses. That, that was good. Great. At that point, it, start, it started to feel like, a, like a, what are we watching a fucking variety show here or something? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's so weird. It's a weird movie, man. It doesn't have, in terms of like telling a story, like he gets the rifle, but that's not the end of the story. I guess. I mean, that's the end of his story. <laughs> Anyways, it's, it's, it's weird. Um, but it's just, I get it. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you my, my full thoughts at the end here. Um, uh, so we meet the weird, uh, or pardon me, what's his name again? Ralphie's Ralphie. Ralphie's friends uh, for another uh, classic scene with the flagpole that everyone knows. Um, Jesus Christ. The sounds, this movie has the so many sounds of just, what feels like legitimate children screaming. And legitimate <laughs> legitimate pain. Yeah, like it gets to at points, it gets uncomfortable. <laughs> so scene, the way that they did that scene with mm -hmm. the kid's tongue, yeah, stuck I wanted to hear about this. They had a hole cut in the pole, and then they had a little vacuum tube, so a little tube that was sucking in air. So that stuck his tongue. But they actually, apparently, that kid was a little turd at times on set. Yeah. So at one point, they actually yeah. did leave him there, stuck to the to the, the tongue tongue vac. That's pretty good. That's a hey, you couldn't do that nowadays. <laughs> no, welcome to Trudeau's Canada. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we hear another classic line there, triple dog there. Uh, the narration helps to move things for sure. As, a, as a, I know it's a classic, but it feels dated. Uh, watching it now especially and there's something about the way like his intonations i can't even do his voice um it's just it feels so uh, just really not of that era but almost like i'm an era of when, what year did this come out do you know christmas story is it late uh, 70s yeah it's, it's actually comes out later than you would think but that's, it's yeah. playing an era uh, it's uh, playing that's earlier 50s, yes. i think yeah um, so we meet the bullies uh, on the way home for the first time. I'm sure you've seen the meme as to how these guys look like uh, Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that, was, that was really funny. Um, the main kid uh, gets to write about what he wants uh, for Christmas. Again, Ralphie. I can't believe I never learned his fucking name. Uh, we learn the father, he has is, he is won something via telegram. Uh, we have a dinner scene after this with the kid brother and the mummy like piggy scene that I found, I will say like literally like somewhat revolting. And here's my, my question for you about, did it go on 60 seconds too long or 90 seconds too long? <laughs> Cause it's just like, uh, blah, blah, blah. and just like, again, just, it's just like, <laughs> just like, like seriously, you could have established this in five seconds. I'm, I'm a guy who hates like physically gets turned off by like chewing. Yes. <laughs> and but this scene has never bothered me. Interesting. And you know what I think it is? Mm -hmm. Christmas magic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, did you know that? Did you know that one of the one of Ralphie's friends, Schwartz? Yeah. Uh, went on to do 
uh, pornography. I did not. Yeah, I did not. including 1996's Scotty's X-Rated Adventure, yeah. 2004's Skinwalker. Whoa, he's well. He's that's that's a few years later. Skinwalker. Yeah, that sounds like a fantasy title. <laughs> that, that, that what was the first title again? Scotty's I'm writing these down. X, Scotty's X-rated adventure. Okay. Because I, I was wondering if they were like it for a while, it sounded like it was an all-male cast. It wasn't, was it? I don't know what this guy's name is. Uh, or I don't I don't know. I don't even know which guy this was. Oh yeah, Schwartz. The guy he kind of just rats out for no reason. Yeah. Jesus. He fucking sells him out for swearing. He's a thing. Um, um so and then the doorbell rings and this big package arrives and here's where the for me watch i can i remember this scene i remember the 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 things happening with this but film takes an odd and disturbing turn here as we learn the father has rather severe uh mental illness issues (laughs) that's all i kept thinking because it could be the deed to a bowling alley in the box what or what the hell is going on like it gets so like surreal there but also he just does not look well and i guess it's supposed to be like oh old dad was into to weird stuff back then and like he would do this and blah 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 but like you're like this this is so weird and it just does not seem the way he's reacting to it like he's going out and telling friends about it this doesn't well it's a major award (laughs) but in the shape of of, 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 yeah, I don't know. Um, yes. Again, I get, but, but considering another classic scene, watching it without a thing, it, it, it comes across as a guy who has some problems. He has some, some problems with. Yeah. The- His problem is, is that he only has one leg lamp and it would be better okay. if he had two. Yes. Okay. I see your point. So we see more fantasy sequence stuff. Uh, he's running away from the bullies in three different quick shots. I keep establishing that. They're out with the family and dad to get a Christmas tree shopping. And he makes a joke about his dad being as sharp as an, as a, as an Arab trader. In, or maybe twice as shrewd. Whoa! Yeah. Twice as shrewd as an Arab? Yeah. That's, That's not the first problem. time I was going, okay, okay. <laughs> well, what's wrong with that? Yeah. It's as you know. The Arabs are a very shrewd people. Very, what is very shrewd. shrewd. <laughs> what the funny thing is, is that if you talk to almost any uh, like group, mm-hmm. race or religion, they will say that they're the cheap group. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah, oh man, us Italians are really fun. It's like, I what? Know. I bet he should have just said that he, whatever his last, is he Ralphie McQuarrie? Then he should have said uh, like a Scottish trader. How's that? All right. You know what I mean? Yeah, no flavor. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. So, um, so they get a flat tire on the way home. Drops the representation. Nut- God damn it. It yeah. matters. It's yes. important. Yeah. Yeah. We really got that one in there. They shoehorn that in. Um, uh, they, he drops the F-bomb and he gets soap in the mouth at home. Comes to him with soap in his mouth. And he, he has had soap in his mouth so many times that he's able to tell you different like flavors and which ones taste better and things like this. Uh, to which I say that is piss poor parenting. Because it's not clicking. Like I would try something different. If uh-huh. this guy has figured out that like at this point has different, like, you, like, like uh, he's still cursing up a storm. I think I would I'd try plan B. But that's, so that's a, a mom's 
that's a mom's punishment right there is the soap because the mom is a very feeling person and she doesn't want to just lay into her kid with, with a wooden spoon. So Mm -hmm. her alternative is to give him the soap. Now, funny little thing about the mom in a Christmas story. Another movie that she pops up in topless is slap shot. He plays Hanrahan's wife. I know that scene. I know the scene you're talking about. Um, I find her performance in this, she's my least, oh boy, her and the dad are just too much for me. <laughs> but her the most, man. Like, ugh. Oh my God. Um, yeah, I get it. We we get it. <laughs> yes, yes. All right. So, um, so, yeah, and she's like, who taught you that? And he doesn't want to rat his dad out. So what does he do? He gives her a Jewish name, Schwartz. And <laughs> he named names. He named names. And, and Jesus Christ, when she calls um, this, uh, this kid's mom, um, It, that that was that got disturbing the screaming and the sand like the of the beating yeah, it's in hilarious. there. And, <laughs> I don't know. This is what I mean. The 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 vocalization it's too real of these kids that scream in this. <laughs> this like oh, it's like no, they're it's speaking great. out the microphones and parts. It's like like thirty days of, like that Salo. You know the, the film Salo, thirty days of Sodom. It's just this famous like like. Uh, um, movie from where it's just known for just this graphic torture of children that's what it sounds like um but i I wanted to mention here uh, just quickly before we uh, just off on a quick tangent he mentions his dad having a really good encyclopedia of swears did you uh did your dad have he weaves weaves a rich tapestry Uh, that i like that line i like um he did your dad have uh, a a couple swears that you remember were just uh stood out yeah Uh, yeah go ahead Um, no, no, you can't say those. Uh, oh, really? Those words. Okay. Uh, well, one, like, I didn't know, and I don't think he, it was his, the way he used it, but like, cocksucker. To me, yeah. I, that never had a, a, a anti gay oh, yeah. oh, connotation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, he's not gay. He's that's just a one cocksucker. Of the, yeah, it's like, uh, that's, uh, that's what you call fans of Deadwood, right? The fucking cocksuckers. Yeah. <laughs> that's like a deadhead, if you're a fan but, of But yeah, I remember hearing cocksucker, and I oh, heard. Yeah. I, him saying dropping the c word once in oh. trap i remember being like yeah not knowing what it was but i was like well, that word that word hits oh yeah that word slaps yeah <laughs> the c word slaps yeah uh yeah my dad was a dirty rotten cock shucker like he would say that so loud but the other one uh, it's like when he was trying to fix something right in the other room and it's not working uh, or trying to put something together. Um, but the other, something he used to say that isn't a swear, but always sounded like the worst fucking thing I'd ever heard was similar to that similar tone. And that was a dirty, rotten pig liquor. <laughs> yeah. I think my dad used to say like whore a lot too. Yeah, like yeah. son of a whore. Yeah. There's something about your dad swears, especially when you're kidding. Holy shit. We are not, do not look him in the eyes when he comes out of this room. <laughs> um, uh, so he's been talking about, yeah, again, this kid is beaten over nothing. Uh, so uh, Orphan Annie, Dakota, Ring comes. 
and he finally reveals the message. And this was my first, I, like, I know this is like, again, everybody has attachments to it. I didn't laugh out loud at this. I laughed out loud. This is the only time I, I really laughed out loud watching this again here is when it's revealed that it's just an ad for Ovaltine. And yeah. he goes, son of a bitch. <laughs> like that read is, that's that actor. That's my favorite read of that kid in the whole movie. Ovaltine? Yeah, something Ovaltine. like that. Son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah um so he leaves the bathroom as the other cut yeah this is the weirdest cut here the other kid brother yeah. comes in to drop a deuce and the camera cuts to what looks like actual boiling shit on the stove yeah i think it was some sort of a cabbage or something <laughs> yeah we learned it's cabbage later just a, a weird choice it made my stomach turn a little bit the, the children is uh just as i said there's children screaming in legitimate pain throughout this movie he only gets a C plus on his theme paper where he took so much pride in it. Um, he finally snaps and he kicks the shit out of Brock. Um, his mom doesn't rat him out. Got Farkas. He had yellow eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And it just beats the shit out of him. It's just like brutal. Um, yeah. Great. That's yeah. what you want. You want yeah. the, the underdog making a comeback. Sure. sure. Maybe uh, you've heard of David and yeah. Goliath. Yeah. No, no. We saw it there. Uh, and we never hear from that kid again, do we? Does he ever show up again? No. Yeah. Scott Farkas is same thing with that. same thing with Schwartzy. I don't think we see him again or find out if his mom ever or if he ever like, hey, sorry about that. You yeah. know, none like of that. It's like the Godfather. You won't see him no more. Exactly. Like this kid's a prick. He's an asshole. The lead character is a real asshole in this movie. Um, so they go to a parade. Here's where I kind of figured the dad's kind of a terrible person, basically too. But they go to a mall. They get in line for Santa. Why are the Wizard of Oz characters? That's really bizarre to me. I don't get that. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, that that was of its time. Yeah. Okay. There's a fun bit of mockery of a mentally challenged boy. That was good. <laughs> in the, uh, in, the, in the, the pilot helmet there. I didn't uh, think he was mentally challenged. I just thought he was stupid. Okay. Uh, Santa being a uh, jerk and, uh, and uh, it's just really poor lineup planning for this whole uh, event here. Um, and that child who I think has some sort of and funny story, the yeah. guy, which one? Oh, the guy who tell who uh, in the lineup that says, Hey kid, the line starts here. It ends there. Yeah. That's also the narrator of the movie. Huh? I would not have known that. I would not like, it's not, it sounds completely different. Um, the more you but, know. yeah. So when th that child who I think mental illness just really screams as he's thrown down the slide and that one did not sound good, did not sound good. Get moving, kid. So again, and so there's a Santa scene where it is a Santa and that alpha right up in his face and it's like way too close. And here again, I'll ask you, did that one go on 60 seconds or 90 seconds too long? It didn't go a <laughs> fucking millisecond too long. This movie is perfect. <laughs> God. This movie uh, is better than Die Hard, just get so the you know. Just so you here. know. Get just so you're aware. Nice stop on the slide. I love that way he stops on the slide and remembers to ask for arrival. Here's the line one more time. Motherfucker. Decorating the tree. They have more electrical problems. His mental illness hits again as he seems uh, for a month, for one minute when he, there's something with the star there. He really loses it about the star not being perfect. Um, uh, he wakes up. I like that moment where the kid wakes up, excuse me, to snow and, and presents. The kids are, uh, he's just looking for his firearm. He really wants that, that gun. Um, uh, unwrapping of presents. There's a lot of crap. The bunny suit, a bowling ball, no rifle. 
Later on, the kid's asleep. Uh, there's something, uh, or his, his kid brother's asleep. Like, what, what time of day do you think this is supposed to be? Noon? Probably, but no. I, I think it's, it's much earlier than that. Because I figure the kids woke up. Yeah. Well, oh, okay, I see. Right at the crack of crack a crack of, crack of daylight there, yeah. and so uh, yeah, I don't know. It's I don't think it's that deep into the day. I'm saying maybe nine thirty, ten yeah, o'clock. A couple glasses of these wine. These kids were up. Yeah, a couple glasses of yeah. wine <laughs> that early in the day. Hey, it's Christmas. Good point. I have my yes. I have friends that that hit the Baileys at about six fifty eight on Christmas. The, so I know all about the Baileys. Well, uh, okay, uh, Baileys. What's what's your take on Bailey's? Are you a Bailey's guy? Yeah, especially when she started teaming up with Sasha Banks. Hey yo, very good. Uh, I cannot stand. I love the wrestler. I cannot stand Bailey's. Oh yeah, God, no, fuck, fuck that. Ugh. Ugh. Um. Uh. Yeah. So uh, the father's so proud as it like he shows him. There's one more hidden present. So watch. He's so proud to watch him just uh, like lock and load that motherfucker. Right? She's like, oh, put it in the top there. Yeah, yeah. He's just kind of like, <laughs> just like that American kind of thing, like hidden underneath all this. Um, he fires it once and somehow knocks his glasses off and steps on him. Uh, kid, here's where, where he's talking. Where he goes in, his mom is looking after him and she's putting ice on it. He breaks the fourth wall for the only time in the movie. It was jarring. It, it didn't for me. It, like I, I don't know, man. But I just can't imagine what it's like to watch movies as such a soft <laughs> cockball of a human being. It was jarring that he broke. It's the just like what? Ball. What? When did you do that? Like he should have been. I just think he should have been talking to us all movie, or he should have just been giving us kind of little winks every now and again, or something to give us a. It, See, just, this is this is where you are like. Um, you're like a fan of like the new indie wrestling style. And he just did it once. He looked over, he made his finisher, it counted. He looked over and he gave you one super kick. Yeah. I winking at the camera. No, the see, I, see, I think I see it more as like uh, telling a joke. I think Grab a uh, hold, kid. I think, uh, I think you're, if you're going to, to, to do that, you should be kind of like hint, hint, Boom! Right or like kind of, you know what I'm saying? That's that's the guy. I I feel like it would have. Uh, that was my I, favorite saliva song, mm, by the way. Mm, saliva. Speaking of saliva, a lot of that in this. Uh, it's all over that the mashed potatoes. Um, and so, yeah, I, uh, several dogs enter the home and eat the dinner. How did that? Like, is that because they didn't close the door when he was freaked out or something like that? Yeah, when he uh, came back and I guess sons of bitches bumpuses yeah. the bumpus yeah, down. Uh, yeah, and the father has like another episode of like whatever it is that has not been diagnosed. And they go to the Chinese food uh, restaurant for dinner because they can't eat. And Kevin, do you want to sing? Do you want to sing just like the the people do in the restaurant for me? No, I'd prefer to continue having a career no matter how small. <laughs> um, so, again, I got to say another another kind of little moment. I, here's the thing. I will say this is the only yeah. scene in the movie that I think is a little... Mm. Um, will yeah. I still enjoy the sure. scene? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, they have they yeah. have they finish the night laughing at the crazy Orientals and their backwards customs, cutting the head off a off a goose. Yes. He's smiling at me. Yes. And they go back to sleep. Uh, him holding his new weapon, which he had long desired. Um, so 
my last question as this as we kind of fade out mm-hmm. what of the children he hurt and i'm talking again about the bully are we just like yeah that's it for him we won't be hearing him again it's like yeah say that and what yeah, of- fuck that fuck that kid i what, what, love what, comeuppance yeah but what about schwartzy he ain't do nothing he ain't done nothing wrong yeah right he's a piece of shit and you know it um no listen uh, so Yes. So you sometimes you, as a kid, there's going to be there's going to be you know uh, casualties and collateral damage. And, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I guess what? so. I, I think I think yeah, yeah. It's it's again not having the attachment to this. Like again, I love I Die Hard for me. It's Die Hard over this uh, a thousand times. Well, that's dumb. But go ahead. Yes. Um, but I can get seeing it at the right time and it you know clicking with you and having it around and around uh, like every time again like you're watching it a a year ago i watched you know i'm sorry to say (laughs) i watched die hard about a year ago too when you know around the holiday season um but uh i i still i like of the two i i i do think it stands up more man i'm sorry uh we will have to agree to disagree here it was good to watch No, I don't okay. agree to disagree. Okay, all right. And the re- the distinction being is that means that I'm giving your argument some value, and I yeah. don't. Okay, it is okay. Die Hard is not Die Hard is a great movie. It's not yeah. better than Christmas Story. Um, yeah. See, I think uh, Christmas Story has has nostalgic attachments that people have like real deep attachments to, but Die Hard had it. Boy, that uh, there's no hey, there's no <laughs> Christmas Story on a bus you know what i mean there's no christmas story on a boat there's no christmas story in mexico there's no christmas <laughs> but that's what i'm saying in terms of influence and like uh, i think it changed the game way more and uh and so that's well, why i don't I'm... care about the game being changed mm-hmm. i care about the individual film not yeah. its cultural impact mm-hmm. also and... its cultural impact is now people think calling it a Christmas movie is a personality <laughs> and it's not yeah. to right? That's I, how this all started. You realize that, right? Is that what? like early days of Twitter, people were trying to have a personality and be like, huh, Die Hard is my favorite Christmas movie. Yeah, and then dude, people, of course. Onto of course. And that's why people, and that's why people got pissed off at people calling it a Christmas movie. Um, I think, right? Uh, like, who the fuck cares? Literally. I don't care if you think it's a Christmas <laughs> yeah. movie. I care that you think it's, that not you, I mean the royal yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I don't care if you think it's a Christmas movie. I care that you think it's funny, interesting, right. or cool right. to say that, that it's a gives Christmas you person. You're, you're so right. I mean, I totally get it. Like, that whole culture is, this is just, a, that this is all- just, yeah. One little snippet of... of <laughs> What a little snippet of what we always see um, on on uh, on you know the internet worldwide or like year long is what I should say. Um, but yes, dude, I have a, a somebody close to the family. I don't want to name names who always says it's not Christmas until Hans Gruber falls from Nakatomi Plaza, and like they think that's supposed to be like, oh oh, but that's what that's an action movie. What? <laughs> yeah. what? How dare you? It's and, not Christmas until grandma gets run over by a reindeer. We all yeah. know that. Yes. Um, but, okay. So, yeah, no. So, yes. And it's good to have that kind of 
uh, fun little kind of warm fuzzies that come along with these uh, movies in the, the middle of the summer and uh, in, you know, our current situation. So that was fun. And I'm glad I could talk to you about it and convince you once and for all that mm -hmm. Let It Snow is not a Christmas song. Uh, speaking of songs, speaking of songs, Fuck. <laughs> as a guest on Yours, Mine, and the Truth, and as a friend, and I'm not putting quotation marks around that, um, uh, you are required to give me your top five extreme songs. So and today I listened to 90 minutes mm -hmm. of extreme mm -hmm. how many because I wanted to actually do the work. Yep. I appreciate it. And that. let me tell you, the work sucks shit. All right. Uh, not a fan. Not a not fan. Not a fan. And here's the thing that bugged me is that they would have a third of a song be great. And then the guy would kick into some Dr. Seuss horse shit lyrics or something. <laughs> um, and yeah. And then like, or they'd have a really great riff and then they'd throw it all away to have a slapping bass. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, uh, well, I mean, I, I, I have no issues with the bass lines in, in those songs. I can get, I can get to having issues with uh, Sherrod's uh, uh, lyrics and stuff Good like that. Yeah. But uh, 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 riffs, yeah. Oh, God, riffs for fucking days. They have great riffs, but yeah. then, like, the doesn't last long enough in the song. Like, the, the riff should be the main riff of the song, but it's like this little intro part or a splice. If you like, if you want. Yeah, it's just they stink. Okay, but of the band that that, that you say uh, stinks, what were your, <laughs> the five you could tolerate the most? Going from the, the, the fifth, five to one, please. Okay, five, cynical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you like the, the, the feel, the feel more fresh than some of like the more medley stuff? What do you think? I don't remember. Okay, number um, four. I, Here's the thing. I wrote down the five names that I of the songs. Yeah. Um, but I knew that when it came time to be like, what What do you like about that song? Okay. Okay. It's the fucking god awful riffs. It it, it it's the riffs. It couldn't be anything but the riffs because hmm. it's not the singing, it's hmm. not the lyrics, and it's not the uh, uh, composition. I mean, uh, sure. Whatever. Go ahead. There, I mean, there's a Stone Cold fucking classic in there, but go ahead. Uh, number four, Learn to Love. Yeah. Oh, see, see that's total uh, Zeppelin sounding, and that's more there. Like, I like that the, as they've got older, they've embraced, like, that kind of classic rock sound and aren't doing the they, daily Do they music. still play? They're still. Uh, they uh, they have. They're supposed to have new music coming out. They were supposed to. Dude, I had, I had started this podcast uh, uh, not knowing uh, what the what they were up to, and it turns out they were supposed to have a concert in Grand Forks, BC, uh, which is like the halfway point to to Calgary, like yeah. literally this week. You know what I mean? Wow. So been, I never got to see them live. They were they were playing a, a show with uh, with a DOA. Starship Extreme and the B-52s. Like, what a nutter of a bill, as eclectic as it gets. Um, but I, I, I would have been able to see it. Apparently, they're supposed to put new music out. New, the, the lead guitarist has been super busy. I, I don't have to tell you his resume. If you gave a shit about him, you could look it up. But he's, uh, he's, uh, he's not, uh, not just a diddly-diddly, let's say that. Um, go ahead. Uh, so number I, so, three, yeah. which was, for a bit, my number two, mm -hmm. was Kid Ego. 
Okay. Yeah, that's the first single. Their first single. Bit, bit of a banger on like drums. I like the drums on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, it's parenthesis it parentheses apostrophe s a monster. That's exactly how Pateman read it. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, really good riff on that song for sure. Yeah, good riff. Yeah. And then of course, number one is the only song of theirs that I've I will. Yeah, listen to again, not turn off is more than words. Wholehearted? You had never heard wholehearted before? Don't care to hear okay. it ever again. Hmm. See, that that was a, a pretty... Uh, oh, I mean, like, I've heard some of these songs before, but, mm-hmm. like, wanted to hear it's only <laughs> more than words, where I'm like, yeah. And really, the only reason I like that one is yeah. because of its attachment to that funny. Steel Panther song. Oh. What Steel Panther song? Um, they did it. They basically ripped it off. I'm gonna pull out my phone here. Cool. Um, they did a. It, it's it's essentially the song. I could say a homage, a pastiche. Hmm. Uh, cool. What is it? It's well, I appreciate. I mean, as girl you... from Oklahoma. Okay. And it's you. all about uh, having a, a, a mm-hmm. girl from Oklahoma come on the tour bus after the show and doing drugs and having sex with her, but they make oh. it sound really sweet, like yeah. more than words, but then it's yeah. like, Ooh, baby, That's mama, a nice touch. All right. I've never listened to Steel Panther, but I will definitely give it a shot. I appreciate yeah. it. And I appreciate you listening to the band. Yeah, um, buddy. As a, I, uh, as I didn't a want to half-ass this, even though I didn't watch Die Hard for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome, man. Thank you. As awesome as I can imagine. What are you up to? Do you, are you, are you, uh, what's your life like now? I've got some, uh, my first stand up gigs in months will be in September in Vancouver. Um, I don't know if I can follow me on Instagram, Kevin Banner. Yeah. If you want some info on that. And I'll be playing a gig in Nanaimo in uh, mid September as well. So keep an eye peeled for the only rooms in Nanaimo that do comedy. Yeah. Um, I don't want to have the details to give them out because what if people show up? <laughs> and then I have to continue doing this shit anyway. <laughs> yeah. But. And uh, and there will be more and more dates to come. I'm sure. Yeah, and, working and... on the next uh, the next album uh, and or special. I'm trying to decide if I want to do a half hour special or uh, an album. I and I right. feel like a half hour special is better because it's less material. I anyway, like <laughs> I like it. Uh, and uh, and we get to see that beautiful face. And I can start asking my friends, when did you first have homoerotic feelings about Kevin Banner? When and, and did I uh, first get a mirror? <laughs> uh, but thanks again, buddy. And uh, yeah. hopefully we, I know you're going to be in the city soon or very close by. And that's really exciting. Yeah. Um, and, but we'll sign off for now. Thanks again, dude. Deuces. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. And since we've no place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. It doesn't show signs of stopping, and I brought some corn for popping. The lights are turned way down low. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. When we finally kiss goodnight, how I hate going out in the storm. But if you really hold me tight All the way
was 1983. 1983 was the year that Christmas Story came out. It was directed by some dude, Bob Clark. <laughs> Uh, it won the award for Canadian Screen Award for Best Screenplay. Canadian Screen Award? What? Is this Canadian film? Was this, was this some CanCon? Did we... Did we... I, I think I, I may have missed a whole... whole other thing here that, that we, we, we kind of skipped over. Um, that maybe we could have... Yeah, two Canadian Genie Awards. What the hell is going on here? This... Maybe some people are hearing this and they're like, are you serious, asshole? Um, wow. Okay, well, there you go. Canadian Christmas classic. A Christmas story. Um, 1983. Uh, yeah, um, I, I, I'm not going to watch it anytime soon. <laughs> sorry, sorry. It doesn't do anything for me. Much at all. But Die Hard, yeah, that's a blast. Um, I... I Sorry, it just happens to get played around uh, Christmas time. You know what? Uh, I get it. I get how that would piss people off. As you know, we, uh, as you just heard, Kevin and I made the discovery that uh, Let It Snow is not really a Christmas movie. But all these years, people have been telling us that it is. Uh, and, you know, and I, like, I, it sounds like he had kind of like surrendered to that, which, I mean, sure whatever fine but i'm not gonna quit fighting you know people get pretty agitated about die hard and uh, and i say what's you know know your history okay go back look at who first kind of squeezed their way into that 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 christmas cheddar because that's what oh boy once you become once you become a chestnut and you are just thrown up on uh, like every Every radio station or TV station, as we said, TBS here, that's when, you know, that's when those those checks start coming in on a pretty consistent basis. So, and it looks like, well, hey, if, if it appears one has kind of done that in some people's minds with Die Hard, and I think we came to a very important discovery that I am, sh I am certain will uh, lead to further investigations about the song Let It Snow and the songwriters who... Um, you know, quite frankly, should be ashamed of themselves. Next week, we are going back to the genre of wrestling here on the Pwom Network, uh, where I am joined by my friend who I talked about in that first uh, little intro there, James Hamilton, who I went to college with, uh, a wrestling fan and friend of, of mine. Uh, who uh, knew me uh, around the time when I was very much coming of age. He knew me around the same time as, actually the exact same time as when I had one of our previous guests on here, uh, Lisa Spencer Cook, uh, around the 95 to 97 uh, era. And so we are going to talk about uh, Survivor Series 1995, uh, which will be interesting because it, it, it happens uh, one week after I turned 18, which is uh, legal age in Alberta. So perhaps we'll have some stories about that uh, time as well as a look at a, a time in wrestling when I don't think I watched it live, but I, I uh, 
it's just not a year that is uh, kind of widely remembered as being one to celebrate. So uh, I think that'll be fun. Uh, in fact, I know it will be because I had such a blast talking with James about wrestling last time. And I hope to see you guys at that. But until then, I want to uh, put a bow on, tie up a nice, get a nice red ribbon, wrap it up uh, uh, nicely for, put actually, uh, you know, un- I put away all the light. What am I talking about? Okay, back that up. No, I'll put a bow on this episode, but I, I got to start tearing down the, the lights and the, and the tinsel and, uh, you know, put the, the tree out in the, in the trash and, you know. Uh, pour out the the eggnog that's gone bad because it was in like way too long everyone ends up pouring out eggnog happens all the time and uh, it's, it's happened to me today because it's over christmas in july is officially closed we'll see you next week everybody goodbye